It is a Tuesday edition. Jack Michael show coming to you from our uh, yeah, palatial studios at 1020 South 25th Street in Fargo. The one and only Brad Anderson, our brand manager in the house. The I'm sure will be along here shortly. In fact, I see a shadow walking down the hall right now. Our studios are presented to you by, we come to you from the Gunderson Jewelers Studio. OMG. Oh, my Gundersons. Make it easy to say I do. With a custom-designed wedding ring, Gunderson's Uptown in Maine, West Fargo, or Gunderson's.com. There's a number of ways to get involved uh, in the program via the phone line or the text club. The text club will be used in a in an additional role today, and we'll explain that in a second. The phone line's at 237-3767 or 888-458-6926. I said the text club uh, not only to respond to, to, to various things that come up, but also, uh, Brad walks down the hall and he says, uh, hi, Derek. He says to me, we've got a couple of in this moments today. And I'm like, well, that's fantastic. I, I can think of one in 1974. <laughs> and no, no. no, it's not Billy Vera and the it's Beaters. It's not Billy Vera and the Beaters at this moment, which not is a one. great song with a false ending and then a completion of a song. Mm. Yep. In this moment is a rock band. I was looking, Brad, at, at what you sent me I was to. as well, yeah. It's kind of frightening. <laughs> very, I mean, very. Yeah, it's, Derek, if you, I mean, they make Kiss look like, uh, yeah, you know, like uh, you know, it might be a little, yeah, you might be a little like taken aback. If you're, it looks if you're like, familiar, like yeah. the movie It crossed with some type of Jason <laughs> Voorhees, and but actually, you know, obviously it's good. But in this moment, uh, we have, uh, and, and Brad, you'll have to refresh how many we have to give away today. But four, four pair, four pair, and uh, these are through Ticketmaster. So um, I have them, and for our winners, I'll probably contact you via text. Just to just to get the email address, so I can transfer the tickets to you uh, the, ASAP. And uh, and this like is uh, this is taking place tomorrow night. Tomorrow night at the Alaris Center. Oh baby, yeah. Look at that. Now we we've been like the ticket connection. The last we'll probably got more to come, right? I know I've got some more to come here. This too, is fantastic. Yes. So uh, hard for me to keep track of it all. Trust me. <laughs> very much so. So the text club, among everything else, you text in three five two seven zero and and use the word moment. Yes. Moment. Moment. Can you imagine now, we, we kind of share this with like five other radio properties oh, we yeah. have here. Everybody gets to read the, the text clubs. So we, we get a kick out of in the fan studio what we're figure, trying to figure out like what Froggy's doing or why 94. Because mm-hmm. like, like the, you'll see just some weird text going in like, my neighbor's foot. You know, and they're like, <laughs> what is that? What, what contest could they be running? <laughs> could they be running? So we're going to make other the other, our other properties going... I wonder what they're doing over at Jack Michael's show today on the fan. Text MOMENT to 35270, and as Brad mentioned, uh, we'll, we'll draw some winners. And you can see in this moment, mm-hmm. tomorrow night, Alara Center. That's going to be a busy place. i uh, got homecoming this week. Oh, yeah. But, yes. Yeah. Homecoming. That's at, a in, noon kickoff on Saturday. N- noon right? on Saturday. I think they do that. Well, at least growing up in high school, they, they did the game, and then you went to the dance. I know college is different, but but North Dakota State's is a one o'clock kickoff. Mm-hmm. Yes, so that's not your normally. It's like a two thirty. Thirty, yes. And at the Alara Center is usually in that that one uh, one two three. Take your pick. We've we've had games they're late. So Derek, you're right. It's a noon kickoff on on Saturday in, in Grand Forks, and a one o'clock kickoff at uh, at uh, in Fargo. I just watched, I watched two press conferences today. I watched Matt yeah. Ence's and I watched Bobby Petrino's. Um, Bobby, you know, among other things. You know, they started getting into what do you expect out of UND? You played them last year, you came back and won, and then a couple seasons ago, UND knocked you around and beat you in the playoffs, so on and so forth. And among other things, Bobby says, well, "I know one thing: we got to stop the run. 
And then I'm expecting, and he doesn't say one or two. He says, quote, right. five, six, seven trick trick plays, you know, flea flickers, and around. <laughs> <laughs> and just the way he said it, I'm like, well, he's probably not wrong. Danny Freund can, you know, D and, and Brad, Danny will – they got to carve up anything, whatever it takes to get a win. But everything starts. Oh, I guess see. I, I think he's uh, he's he's very creative. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so uh, then I like someone said, "Well, what about that UND defense? That's a pretty uh, pretty tough defense, and they they bring different packages and blitzes, which is true." And he go, and he kind of looked at the reporter and said, "We kind of faced a pretty good one in South Dakota State too. You know, mm-hmm. we're coming off that. And by the way, we did play Arkansas, so that's a large one uh, this weekend. That'll be a fun uh, fun game on Saturday." Uh, at the Alara Center, so it's all good. Uh, week three of the NFL wrapped up last night. You guys catch most of the. Did you catch the hold the tackling of a? And I'm not going to be a cowboy apologist. Whatever, I don't care if you dislike the Cowboys or like them or not. And they, and they won last night, but I, there were two plays. And I'm I'm kind of I'm. Where do you guys sit on the on the Manning? I get addicted to the Manning. Manning cast. cast? Yeah. I didn't watch it, but I know people I, love it. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm kind of hit and miss on it because a lot of times, like we were eating supper, and then I was doing some stuff on the computer, and it's easier for me to have the radio on and listen to Kevin Harlan than it is to have the TV. Is it easier than to have the TV on and then I hear something? Well, what do I do? Then I turn around. I, I turn around and look. And I said, it's just easier for me just to have to watch that. And then when I'm done with my stuff, then I'll turn the TV on. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And by the way, you can never go wrong with having Harlan on oh, 24 no, 7. I, that's why I listen to most of it on my way out to the lake. I've, yeah, I haven't gotten to meet a lot of famous, I've, a few famous people in my life, but that was one I got to meet. And I, I that, that was, a, a, that, was a, that was a thrill. Yes. Kevin's a good man. I remember when I got the Red Hawks job in 95, you know, and, and, and uh, so I was, uh, and, and Derek, you remember this, because yeah. I, I, uh, Kevin used to do a, we, I used to have Kevin on our sports shows at night, and I called Kevin, and I left a message for him. He wasn't home. I left a message, and I got home, and the phone <laughs> rings, and Shannon he comes running down from upstairs. Kevin Harlan just is on the phone for you right now on hold. I mean, I, uh, but my question was why I called Kevin. I said, Kevin, uh, uh, just got this baseball gig um and i've done legion and all that but uh, your your thoughts on uh on you know pro baseball and he says jack i i haven't i've never done baseball i don't i, I don't do baseball i said yeah but at 20 quote yeah but at 25 you're the voice of, like the kansas city chiefs so yeah it, whatever you have and, and it, it, like anything else kevin just turned and said you know well i know this if it's between throwing out a bunch of figures and stats and numbers or telling a quick story, tell us a quick story. Right. I said that's exactly right. Okay, very, very good, good stuff. So that was that was that was nineteen ninety five, by the way. <clears throat> that was Jack and I were ago. talking last night, Brad. I think you'd agree with this. So, like when Buck and Aikman are going to Monday Night Football, how is the first call from Fox not to Kevin Harlan? How is he not the number one guy? I, I don't I don't get that. Is is, is he is he too much because he overshadow would overshadow the color commentary? Would, would he leave or? his contract with that he has? Th- built? That I think is that's a very good point, Jack. Is yeah. that I think you know with the with CBS and Turner, he's got he's probably what number two in the you know for the NBA, and I think he loves he loves he the loves, NBA. The NBA loves the NBA, and he, you know and he that's gets, the thing probably right. He gets to do some NCAA game. I mean, if you go, let's say if you go over to Fox. So you may you may get to do you know some college basketball once in a while. I mean he gets to do get to do the NBA, the NFL, the NCAA tournament. Very um, well, and I think you know, his deal with uh, 
you know, obviously it's the NCAA tournament. I think is a huge thing for him too. Absolutely. Right? That, so yeah, so he gets a little bit. Of I anger. think yeah, but, so I, th- but I think he's got a really good deal. And Derek has a good point because the, the the initial point that was made is why isn't this person the first call and why aren't these people the number one, you know, you know, commentators for those networks. Uh, speaking of Buck and, and, and Aikman and all that, but yeah, Kevin, I know years ago we talked because he has he has like thirty five daughters, not really, but he's he always used to joke <laughs> about Jack. I got a house full of just girls, just surrounded by girl loves his daughters and all that. But he has a pretty good setup, uh, a pretty good setup. But you're right on that. So I saw, you know, a receiver tackled in the end zone, and I'm thinking, okay, was did was it deemed incidental? And then two guys just fell away over each other. But I'm thinking we see flags on far less. And then I then I was just visibly watching a third down. It was either second long or third down lane. Cowboy guy is going through the line, and and, and Cooper Rush is kind of rolling out. And literally, <laughs> the wideout. I don't know if he came for the slaughter at extended spot. Literally pinched, grabbed, and 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 you know like Oreoed uh, seven yards off the line. I'm thinking. Where's where, well? Where's that flag? What's my you know, stance like, on you know? Where, what have I said about pass interference and all that forever? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's so, it's you know, it, it just changes play by play. I mean, you think about it too, and it's it was almost like the Saints NFC Championship game against the Vikings, where there's so many roughing the passer penalties. It's almost like we can't call another one. Right. One of the, one, call, one of the yeah. worst ones on Favre. Well, the same thing with that number twenty-four for the Lions. He had six illegal contacts against Thielen. He had a bad seventh one, and they didn't call it just because they fe- almost felt like they were probably picking on the guy. And I almost think that was the strategy. Pa was talking about that this Maybe. morning. Yeah, is that you just keep going? They can't call them all, right. and they don't. And and that happens time and time again. It's I, amazing. I, I think illegal contact. I mean, outside of holding and tackling a wide receiver, I think they just need to let let him go mano a mano because it's impossible for the officials to call it at this point. Hand fight and or entanglement where you literally just fall right. down is is but but I'm with you on that. And I'm not trying to make honestly, I I, I mean I care, but I don't care. I mean Dallas has enough penalties themselves to to get themselves out of a game. What's our, uh, now, now they dialed up some things last night and what's our cow, cowboy insider Randy Roy have to say about uh is there a quarterback controversy going on? Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I might have to Cooper check. Cooper Rush. I uh, might have to check with our boys does in is Texas. Win. Yeah, it's three and zero as a starter now. Because yes. you know they're not McCarthy fans. Now right, not. correct. And they're not McCarthy. And, and Jerry wants to start a uh, verbally when Jerry Jones speaks. It's almost like Big Stein, right? Costanza. It's almost like <laughs> big, you know he says something and like the media jumps on it. Oh so yeah, for sure. Jerry Jones says, "Well, I how many like owners it. have their own radio show right. segment? I mean, it's just yeah. ridiculous. That that should not. Can you imagine Ziggy Wilf doing that? Hello, everybody. Uh, so you know. I heard yeah, the nobody, pregame. Nobody, nobody, nobody needs to hear that. After our coaches show last night, D, I was driving. I heard Rich Eisen uh, interviewing Cooper Rush, and, and so Eisen's talking to Rush, and he's trying to get him to talk about this quarterback right. controversy. And Cooper finally just defaulted to, well, you know, we've all been starters. You know, we've all we're all starters. You know, we came from being starters to. So I'm just trying to help the team win, which was very politically correct. Here's what Cooper well, that's what Ru- he has to say too. Right, right, right. Cooper rushed to me. Just, just uh, you know, he's three and zero. We all get it. He's three and zero as an NFL quarterback. But again, you got to keep in mind. You know, he was waived. He was he cleared waivers. Like nobody, you you found yourself on waivers. Uh-huh. And nobody wanted him. Nobody nobody grabbed. So he, so he falls back to to Dallas. And, and Troy Aikman made a great point last night. Says you think the backup quarterback is just that? It's not. 
you have to perform as a backup quarterback. Otherwise, you're going to be out of a job. I think the quote was, it's a great job until you actually have to play. Until you have to play. That's exactly right, man. <laughs> right. It's, it's a great job until you play, and you've got to perform. Unless so, you really want to play. Like, your, your competitive juices, yeah. you know. That was, I'll never forget, Jock Jones, and I can't remember who he was ripping on one time. He was at his locker after one of his teammates went to the st- the, the starting lineup that Gardy put out. Yeah. And he wasn't on the lineup. He goes, yes, another day off. And Jock <laughs> Jones was like, what? What? You don't want to play? What are you doing here? It was just one of the more awkward things I've ever seen in my life. And, you know, they didn't have much clubhouse turmoil back in the early 2000s when I was covering <laughs> the team. But I, I'll never forget that. I can't remember. It might, might have been Denny Hockey, and I'm not sure. But, Denny. you know, I, it, it was something like that where you just like, I can't believe he was happy he wasn't in the starting lineup. And, and, and that's, you know, the real – Backup quarterbacks, they want to be the guy, right? How fast Unless can I Sean take my Mannion, baseball maybe. cap off and put my helmet yeah. on and get in there and, and play? Rush isn't bells and whistles. You know, he is just – he's. I'm I'm really kind of happy now that he's he's getting an opportunity. Dak was throwing some balls, so my guess is Dak's probably a week or two away from getting back in there. But maybe. Well, Who he knows? better win then. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe, maybe he'll Wally Pip this thing. Maybe well, there's right, a Lou yeah, Gehrig yeah. in there. With the... Well, Tom Brady, I think, would be the best example, yeah. right? No, yeah. Right. Well, yeah, the ultimate NFL the, the, you know, where a, a guy who oh, is, Nick... you know, a borderline Hall of Famer gets hurt. Oh, and then... oh, I would say Nick Foles has made a lot of money on a couple Nick Foles of different cashed in himself. Uh, cashed yeah. in very well. well, there's no question, but you think about Drew Bledsoe. He was a good quarterback. He was. He, the 90s. Oh, he was. Say he was probably he was a top 10, 12 yes. quarterback. And then Tom peak. Brady comes in, and you want to talk about Wally Pipping? I mean, yeah. it becomes the goat <laughs> after that. I mean, just think a uh, Drew Bledsoe injury. If he doesn't get hurt in 2001, what what is history there? I mean, how, it's changed. It, who it, knows? It's crazy. You know, maybe he just is always a backup, and we never got to see the greatest of all time play. It, it's kind of funny how that works. Dick uh, uh, Bremer coming up today, uh, the Twins in action against the White Sox tonight. I, a number of things to talk with Dick around uh, about, but, um, you know, Aaron Judge is is hitting 314. Uh, that's first in the American League. Luis Arise is, is, is right behind him. He's first in homers, first in RBIs. Right. So there's not only the home run watch, a triple crown watch going on. And I, and I started thinking, going, baseball's unique for a number of reasons, but baseball's unique because you have this triple crown that hasn't, you know, it doesn't happen off, you know, no. maybe in 12, and then I think you've got to go back to it, probably Yaz, or you just have to go back. We, basketball equivalent of baseball's triple crown? Football's well, equivalent of baseball's triple scoring crown? Scoring rebounds and assists. Yeah, could, but but yeah. outside of Oscar, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I, it, it's such like a hockey points, assists, and, and power play goals yeah, or I something. Don't, I don't know. Yeah, because I mean, it's not like you could be a goaltender. You can't right. be like Saves. stop. You can't, do, you can't yeah. do it all. Yeah. yeah. So I, 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 I want the Atani version of a hockey player would be like <laughs> right. Play so goalie and forward. I'm just wondering because you think of Pujols getting to 700 home runs, and Aaron Judge is 30. April is more. They're in 30 in April this year. And what's, 200, what's that old? Huh? What's yeah. he have? 218 career home runs. Yeah, he won't touch that. Then. So ten years. So if he played till he was forty, forty, so ten, ten years, years. five hundred home runs, what, fifty a year for. He ain't giving seven hundred. Yeah, I mean, he'd have to give like, average like forty-eight home runs a year. So I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> but you never know. <laughs> well, of course, really baseball you. will try to reinvent itself depending on the team. So well, they're like, in we're ten just going to soft toss the it'll, ball. It'll now. reinvent itself like two or three times probably. You can't shift, and you have to throw seventy-two mile an hour fastballs. <laughs> You know, eventually he'll just start hitting off a team. Hey, I'll take a seventy-two mile an hour changeup now if we could just see the little off-speed baseball again. My <laughs> exactly. goodness! Uh, but we'll we'll jump in that. And again, remember text moment 
to 35270. Your chance to see in this moment, Lara Center coming up tomorrow. Moment to 35270. Quick time out, Dick Bremer and more coming up next. Jack Michael Show, Derek, Brad, the gang's all here on 740 The Fan. Dick Bremer standing by, brought to you by Jefferson Lines. But uh, Will chimed in during the break and said, I've got to get on the air uh, because I've got appointment at 1223. So, Will, let's pull up Will on line two. Hi, Will. How you doing? Hey, hey, Jack. Thanks for taking my call for a quick comment. Um, yep. You guys probably already talked about it, but I just wanted to send out my thanks to the Cincinnati Bengals, but also now the New York Giants for making the list longer than the Minnesota Vikings who have lost to quarterback Cooper Rush, your guy. So I figured <laughs> since the Cowboys, you guys have probably already talked about it, but just got to thank all those teams for making that list longer so it's not just the Vikings. You have a great day. Okay? Thanks for the call, Will. <laughs> Will's getting amped up because he's a big NBA guy, too, I think he wanted to talk about. Uh, Dick Bremer joining us here. Who knows? Maybe Cooper, these backup quarterbacks can come in and, 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 and be part of a pitching rotation, too. Cooper Rush, everybody. Dick is with us. Dick, an off day yesterday. Let me guess, you pulled home a record bass, walleye, eel pout uh, fishing. Did you, did you take advantage? <laughs> I did uh, none of the above, but I uh, had a wonderful time uh, catching some jumbo perch and had a few of them for dinner last night. It was a good day. Mm. Oh, Derek, see, you and I have talked, Brad. Derek, when you do these fishing trips, you know, uh, what are they, you know Ballards or wherever it is that, that you go, and, Dick, I don't know about you and the discussions you have on fish, and I'm sure this is what we call it, but, but perch versus walleye. And I am such a perch fan that uh yes right i i i i think i know where the question is heading <laughs> and if i had to choose one or the other uh i probably would would pick uh jumbo perch oh they're mm-hmm. just it's just they make perfect you know like tacos right you just, you fit them right in a big tortilla oh. shell that's fish tacos are pretty good for that to me, that's like you know picking your favorite child because yeah. you, you can do so much. With so but I mean, things. I grew up in Western North Dakota, and I've been in the eastern part now, near near West Central Minnesota, for the better part of thirty plus years. And I, I almost got put into like fish prison by saying that Ooh, walleye yeah. put second and perch for first because the the love of the walleye, Dick, for goodness sakes, up here. Well, we had a wonderful day uh, uh, catching them yesterday. Uh, we were fishing on a border lake and uh so we had two lines in the water and there were times uh when uh, both bobbers were down so we had a busy uh busy morning and then a little bit of a drive but uh, sure paid off with a wonderful meal afterwards that's fantastic so. that is uh, that's good uh to baseball tonight white Sox and and dick i guess a couple of things and instead of just the general vagueness of what are the twins playing for dick the rest of the season and you can go that way but but what do you want to see out of the minnesota twins in the last couple of weeks a few weeks of the season well, I think uh, whatever uh, we look forward to in the next nine games, we need to temper with the the realization of who we're asking to, you know, get the task accomplished. You know, the, the fact of the matter is the Twins have some uh, young, inexperienced players who are not only playing, but they're out there playing pretty much every day out of necessity. Now, for me, and I think we've discussed this before, from the time I was old enough to follow Major League Baseball, I've had nothing but disdain for the Chicago White Sox. <laughs> so I, my, my goal would be, or my hope would be, that the Twins uh, win enough of the final six games to, uh, in a week and a half, look uh, at the White Sox behind them in the standings rather than above them. 
Well, I know that, and there's no reason. There's no. There's no good reason for it. It's, right. It's an <laughs> right. I was going to say, like, <laughs> yeah, no, there wasn't anything that happened or anything like that. I, and and I know people in the White Sox organization. Some of them I even w- would uh, dare to call friends. But it's <laughs> like the habits you have when you're a little kid are just hard to to, to break. And so uh, any year that the Twins finish ahead of the White Sox, uh, to me, is a good year. Brad came in here, Derek and, and, and Dick, uh, earlier, and, and Brad said, look at this, new uniforms, new massive scoreboard. We were talking about, well, maybe that, Dick, maybe that's enough. Maybe some of that, yeah. maybe just changing everything around a little bit, huh? Well, of course, those are all cosmetic things, and I applaud the Twins <laughs> uh, and the Stadium Authority for uh, updating, uh, upgrading Target Field. They do that literally on an, on an annual basis. There's always something new at that ballpark, and that's, you know, we're talking big ticket items here, you know, uh, things that uh, involve a pretty, you know, substantial amount of money to upgrade. So that's wonderful. Uh, but the new uniforms and all that, um, hey, if their best players are hurt again next year, it's really not going to make much difference. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those things. What do you think we're going to look back on? I mean, I mean, as far as, you know, getting this pitching uh, staff right and all that, I mean, it's are they going to be starting from scratch again? Kenta Maeda will be back. I mean, it's going to be pretty interesting what uh, Derek Felvey and Thad Levine do this offseason. Well, when you look back at the season and you look forward to the next season, you hope that uh, Kenta Maeda will come back and be the type of pitcher he was before he got hurt, uh, that Joe Ryan continues his progression, and that's maybe the most encouraging thing we've seen this year, that it is a year of progression. Joe told me the other day he actually feels stronger physically now than he did at the start of the year and then you, you just got to have your best players on the field why have the cleveland guardians won the division to the surprise of everybody in baseball well it has a lot to do with the fact that jose ramirez is going to end up playing about 155 games for them uh, andres jimenez all the key players uh have been on the field in september and the twins are playing september and really stumbling through the month because Buxton, Polanco, Kepler, Sano, so on and so forth, they're not even playing. So, you know, if you look at the 40-man roster, it's easy to be optimistic if you imagine those players being healthy next year. But then, you know, what what do you have to do now in the offseason to make sure that that happens, whether it's changes in the medical staff, the training staff, I don't know. But I know that whenever you have a year like this, um, when you've got some of the most talented players in the division and you have a hard time even you know playing out the spring in September, that's not a good thing. This past, uh, those of you guys that aren't uh, a little nerdy at times, and I can be nerdy for the last 25, 26 years, a bunch of sports information directors and, and sports people, we, we play what's called a computer baseball league. And, uh, and and so we have our draft, and we use, like, the previous year's stats. Long story short, uh, I, I chose my 25, and then you get five in the minors. So then you're just throwing guys in there. So I went, I'll take Miguel Sano. And so uh, someone across the, across the room went, he'll probably end up with the Red Sox and have just a massive output, you know, in real life. And then I'm reading MLB.com, and a story comes out, Dick, and, it, and the title was Rebound Players in 2023. For each team, it was going down, and it came to the Twins. And it said, Miguel Sano, very definition of a lost year this year. The Twins may or may not pick up his option, but don't be surprised if a power resurgence for Miguel Sano with someone 
over the next couple of years. Agree? Disagree? Jury still way out? What do you think on that, Dick? I would disagree with it because, pardon me, I don't see any evidence that Miguel even wants to play next year. Um, I, I much less with the Twins. I, I'd be absolutely stunned if they picked up his option for next year. That's like thirteen million, something like that. That money I know can be better spent elsewhere. Um, you know, you know what's happened this year uh, has been uh, had a disappointing ending. But within the season, we've seen Jose Miranda, who can play first base at least as well as Miguel Sano can. Uh, much more reliable, much more durable. Uh, and I think Miranda's got a chance to be the type of player uh, that we all thought Miguel Sano could be uh, without maybe the magnitude of his power and and all that. But Miranda isn't going to strike out as often. He's going to be somebody you can put in the middle of the lineup and trust him there. Uh, he needs to, pardon me, he needs to play and he can only really play two positions, third base and first base, I'm hopeful they bring Gio Urshela back because in addition to being a really good third baseman and a clutch hitter, he also has been durable. And so if if Urshela is back at third base and Miranda is at first, I, I don't see anywhere uh, that Miguel Sano could play for the Twins next year. And, and I'm not sure we will ever see him again in a major league uniform. Look wow. at look at catching for next year, Dick. I mean, I think Ryan Jeffers is probably still in the equation. I don't know if Sanchez is, and I don't know if there's really much in the uh, in in the minors coming up either. Well, I you know you, the jury is out, I guess, on whether Ryan Jeffers can be an everyday catcher in the big leagues, only because uh, he was struggled at the plate, was just starting to get things settled uh, as a hitter, and then he got hurt. Uh, and I don't know whether the, there's a future with the Twins for Gary Sanchez either. Uh, you know, clearly that's been a, a big part of the breakdown uh, for the Twins. We tend to forget uh, by, what, May 24th or whatever, they had the third best record in the American League and looked like they were, you know, potentially going to be able to get better as the season wore along. Uh, but then injuries everywhere kind of ruined the season. But one of the biggest was Jeffers not being able to uh, catch uh, most of the games behind the plate. So the catching situation is one of several that is going to be a really an interesting uh, focal point for not just the organization, but for fans as well, trying to figure out what this team is going to look like in 2023. Since RBIs became an official stat in 1920, just 10 different American League National League players have won a triple crown. Two multiple-time winners. There's only been one triple crown, by the way, in uh, the divisional era since 1969, and that was Miguel Sano in 2012. I'm sitting here, Dick, looking at this list, and and we're really, you know, and and we've talked with you about Albert Pujols and and Aaron Judge because two really storied situations going on in baseball. But I look at Triple Crown winners, you know, Miguel Cabrera, then you go back to Yastrzemski and Frank Robinson and, you know, Ted Williams, Rogers Hornsby, Jimmy Fox, all these names, Lou Gehrig. And and I I think we're appreciating Aaron Judge uh, this season. I, I'm pretty sure we are, and certainly appreciating Albert Pujols and and his career number when we come to home runs. But boy, if he pulls off the the triple crown this year, uh, Dick, my goodness, and and arises right behind him in, in batting average. I know, but uh, I mean, my goodness gracious, uh, what a special season, huh? Well, it's been remarkable that he's been able to do it. He's trying to. 
um, hit number 61, right, in terms of home runs. And some are thinking, no, maybe he's trying too hard. But to keep the batting average where it is, you know, it's not just the home runs. Uh, I, I've been doing some, pardon me, some research on the Triple Crown, uh, how rare it is. And Judge certainly has a legitimate chance at it. But to be leading your league by as many home runs as he's leading the American League in home runs and still maintain an average as, as high as it is, is really, really remarkable. One other little trip, uh, triple crown trivia with the team not playing well. I've been doing a lot of uh, other digging around and all that. Back in the 1930s, and you mentioned Jimmy Fox, uh, who won it for the Philadelphia A's, uh, it was the only time for a while it looked like Paul Goldschmidt might win the Triple Crown in the National League this year. It could be judged in the American League. That's not going to happen. But back in the 1930s, Jimmy Fox won it for the Philadelphia Athletics, and the National League had a Triple Crown winner, Chuck Klein, and he did it for the Philadelphia Phillies. <laughs> so as rare as it is, Philadelphia had two Triple Crown winners in the same year. Wow. Wow, that's, that's crazy. That's good inside stuff right there. That was, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's what I'm doing with my time yeah, these days with the Twins <laughs> on their way to a losing September. And that's uh, that's with both barbers still going down, by the way, yeah. at the same time. That's right. I, mean, that's, <laughs> that's all the, I, I just think it's remarkable. We were kind of spitballing Dick, you know, what, what equivalents were, and I'm sure it's apples and oranges and other sports, and obviously – you know, it, it's it's just because it doesn't happen much, and it hasn't happened in baseball for a decade. And then prior to that, you had to go back. I mean, Mike, that's why I said you bring it up. Triple crown in baseball, and certainly to our younger generation tuning in here that maybe I'm recalling this, it's a big deal. <laughs> and as Dick, as you said, yeah. when you're dropping 60, 60, pushing for 61 home runs to maintain a 314 average, and then, of course, the RBIs come with the, with the big ball. But that, that, to me, is impressive, just impressive. Yeah, and there's one other little quirk that I, I pointed out on the telecast the other day. Uh, it's rare, of course, to have triple crowns so close together. Frank Robinson won it in 1966. Uh, Yastrzemski given credit for it in 67, even though, and this is just because I followed the Twins religiously over the years. In 1967, Harmon Killebrew tied Yastrzemski for the home run lead. And on that basis alone, I'm a little reluctant uh, to to consider that a triple crown only because he did not win the home run title outright. Harmon tied him that year. It's an asterisk, and it's it's no reflection on Yastrzemski or anything like that. But people should know that that year the home run title ended up in a tie, and we know that won't happen this year in the American League. No question about it. How many years, Brad? You did the math. If if Pujols were, or if Aaron Judge was gonna. Get 700 home runs. We factored uh, that he's going to have to, what, play for? Well, he's 30 right now. 30 years old. 218 home runs. So 10 years, let's say. Like 500 more home runs if he plays 10 more years. So like 48 to 50. Now, Mike Trout's at 347. He is also 30. Uh, Dick, uh, did did That's possible. Did Brad just name two potential 700 home run guys right there? Boy, there's a lot of uh, home runs to hit yet for both those guys when you think about it. Uh, you know, and then you've got the matter, too, of, you know, they love the game. They both love the game. But at some point, do you want to keep playing because you've already made enough money, that you could, more money than you could possibly spend in 10 uh, lifetimes? And, and, you know, do you want to spend time? With your family, do, does your family want you to spend time with them? Uh, so that that's a huge gap between where Trout is 
uh, and certainly we're judges compared to getting to 700. I think we should simply appreciate the fact that there are no, only four guys who've ever hit that many home runs in the big leagues and and good for uh, Albert Pujols that he joined that group. Dick Bremer uh, joining us as he always does. And then our last uh, judge thing, little note, I, I chip. Uh, Dick Bremer is is Aaron Judge's agent. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> I should just stop right there. I suppose, to, Dick. That 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 of ju- making enough money for ten <laughs> lifetimes. Okay, <laughs> that, I'm in good shape. That statement alone should just connotate <laughs> uh, dreams, right? I mean, my goodness, that is. Uh, I mean. Because we're talking about the value, and I know we we try to separate numbers, and 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 you know it is what the market bears or what someone's willing to pay, but we we might see some astronomical figures here soon, won't we, Dick? Well, yeah, and the irony is he and the Yankees couldn't uh, come to terms at the start of the year, and now he's performed at such a high level, he's priced probably everybody but the Yankees out of the marketplace. I mean, who else? Who can afford uh, a player who's doing what he's doing this year? Well. You know, it probably is just the Yankees, unless the Mets wanted to continue to spend a lot of money. The Dodgers' payroll is, I think, the highest in the game right now. So the the better you play, the more teams you eliminate who simply can't afford to pay a player who's going to be that productive. It's one of the, uh, you know, frailties of baseball's economic system. Uh, It's unlike the NBA. It's unlike the NHL and the NFL. It's 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 something that needs to be addressed and needed to has needed to be addressed for decades. They just never get around to it. There needs to be a more equitable uh, economic system within the game of baseball. But it being what it is, I can't imagine anybody but the Yankees being able to afford him now. Yeah, I uh, concur wholly. I I know that it, there's old stories of, of you know traded for a, for a bag of balls and a, and a couple of bat racks and things like that back in the old day. I wonder if there's ever going to be contracts made, and, and maybe there have been. Maybe I'm just missing the point here, where we're a stock in the team, Dick. You know, part ownership of the uh, you know that deal, where that where that becomes part of negotiating tools. Well, I you know when you're talking at that level, what you know what's it going to be for Judge forty five, fifty million a year for six years or whatever? Well, you know maybe maybe it would make some sense for ownership. Uh, to do that, but you know, at the other end, whatever he's going to make, he's going to be in position to circle back and buy into a team if that's what he would want to do. No question about it. Bailey over tonight, I believe, against Lance Lynn. You like to match up tonight, Dick? I do. I, th- I think Bailey has got uh, some things to prove in terms of his effectiveness and his ability. He pitched an awful lot against the White Sox last year, and it seemed like with every start, uh, he did a little bit better. And the White Sox are really, really struggling right now. They had an absolutely embarrassing uh, homestand where they were swept at home by Chicago and then got swept uh, in the following series by Detroit. So they're uh, limping into target field here. So I think I think Bailey Ober is going to have a good ball game tonight. He is the one and only Dick Bremer. I got all excited when Dick was. I love his fishing uh, uh, stories, too. So I'm glad that you guys had a, a good day uh, on the lake. I'm assuming just worms, you know, night crawlers. I don't know, worms? Or did you go something like scented? Uh, you know, the, you're, you're kind of probing in the private area here because <laughs> if I've got a secret lake or secret bait or something like that, you can't I, say that. I really uh, am, am reluctant to reveal it publicly. But, no, yeah. we were – Using little fathead minnows. Oh, okay. There you, there you go. See, we, we, it was revealing today with with Dick. Dick, fantastic. It's always. Great. I won't tell you. I won't say Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota. No more definition to that. 
<laughs> so Dick Bremer was in northern Canada last night. Uh, there you go. That's, there exact, you go. <laughs> that's exactly right. Dick, have a great call tonight, as always. Thanks for talking a little baseball and other things here uh, today on the show. Thanks, Dick. And we'll do it again next Tuesday. You got it. Dick Bremer, brought to you by Jefferson Lines uh, each Tuesday uh, here on our, our property. So uh, it's good stuff to have him on the Jack Michael Show. You can catch him with Derek Hansen as well. Uh, Derek, you're all walleye all the time, or do you? Uh... Well, mostly that's what I'm used to catching. You know, it's just you know you don't see the big perch around the lakes as much. Around Pops here. used to we'd fish Blacktail Dam, and and we'd catch a lot of perch, but they're about the size of 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 of, of, of your little pinky we're... at times. And I yeah. think we're underrating bass a little bit. Are we too. underrating bass? I think so. To perch eat? is I mean not to eat, but just to catch. To catch. I mean, oh, it's a great I'm talking sport. about eating. Yeah, yeah. Oh, eating. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've kind of, you know, I've, it's kind of, I would say walleye or bust for me, but uh, right, that's kind of walleye's choice number one. The uh, pops used to say, you know, you, you got to catch so many, you got to clean so many of those perch, or not, unless you're in Devil's Lake where they, they're the size of a Louisville right, slugger. Yeah, I mean, Lake of the Woods has big perch. Too. Lake of the Woods, uh, the same thing. All right, we'll come back, uh, we clean up. Remember, by the way, uh, text today if if uh, you want a piece, a uh, shot of those tickets that we're giving away today. In this moment, performing at the Alara Center tomorrow night, you can text MOMENT to 35270. MOMENT to 35270. Back with more after this, Jack Michael Show at 740 The Fan. Rudy Gobert, baby. That's that's where we're sitting, Derek and Brad. We are, and then Paul was a great show today with PA. You know, the GM. Well, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of a uh, lot of optimism with the uh, the Timberwolves. There's a feel, right? There's a little yep. feel here. You know, it, it's, well, when's it's, the last time in 2004 we really had that? Yeah, probably. I would say, yeah, once they got the. As I say, last year we were thinking, yeah, maybe, but we're not quite there yet. Huh. They got they got the rim protector. They got uh, mm-hmm. you know you got the athletes around. You got a little bit more maturation by some of the guys that have. Man, that Western Conference though is oh, stacked. Daddy. I mean, that's just that. I <laughs> it's mean, like the NSAC. Everyone else is trying to get better too. Exactly right. right. Yeah. Like I said, you you, you could probably fight and win forty eight fifty games, and you might be six or seven. You, you might not get out of the playing round. Or you could say you might not. Be one of those first six or so to get out of the playing round. But you made a good point. The uh, you know we're how many times over the years outside of mentioning Kevin Harlan just doing play by play as the voice of the Wolves, were you excited actually about a, about the team and and its prospects? And, and I just hope that D'Angelo Russell plays point guard yeah. and not try doesn't think he's better than the other two superstars. You know, it just that's you don't want to reduce me. you don't want to reduce his shots. You want him just to be efficient, smarter. The, yeah, yeah, right. I want Cat to just be a leader. Yeah. Just be a leader. I mean, I know what you can be, and that means not so much, perf- well, yeah, it does mean performance-wise in big games. Seven years in, Brad. You need to, yeah, you need to step up and be a leader. Yeah, seven and years I in. I disagree. We, yeah. Uh, I don't. Uh, it's time. And quit whining all the time. That's Well, that's to me is yeah. not being a leader. Fair. Yeah. I like it. Luke Garza. Just looking at the uh, the camp roster here. <laughs> well, I mean, for me, it's just. Well, I mean, Ed Edwards is the obviously the dude. Well, Ed, right, Ed, but, he's going to be. But even some of those guys that they, some of the guys they sign, like the guys play at Iowa, they just you're deeper than you've been. I mean, that's yeah. I think that's the other factor that maybe people aren't talking about. You just you just have a better bench, a little deeper bench than you've had in years. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I'm kind of looking forward to uh, to the uh, to the uh, the season coming up. Of course, that's it. That'll be here before you know. And we're looking, Brad. You're looking at our high school like basketball schedule for coming up. That's how quick 
Boy, summer summer starts winding down, and the fall winter just hits you in one big That's... good way, but really hits I mean, you in one big way. I mean, I'll say they're, they're, it's, it's fun. Don't get me wrong. It's very enjoyable, but you do have to, especially if you're, kind, especially if you're in the managerial role, you got to start looking yeah. two months down the it's line. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. the fan it's a nice will, problem now. The fan will be there. Uh, quickly, some house cleaning notes we didn't get to out of the gate here. Uh, State girls golf. Here's a shocker. Avery Bartels was leading after day yes. one on the individuals and, from Kidman. And, yeah, I would update that. She is one over. She just started her round. She still has a six-shot lead. Just uh, She got going and teed it off at noon. Oak Grove still flexing the proverbial Class B muscles, though, probably. They were leading after day one. With a 353, Heart Rivers had a good program over the years. And then uh, Kindred, of course, is right there, too. So State B Girls Golf happening out in Minot, North Dakota at uh, Sears. I haven't played that course, but obviously a nice Never course. Never have either. I'm trying to think where it's at. They run a lot of cross country on that course. Oh, sure. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Tis the season. Actually, she's uh, she's even through two. She has a seven-shot lead over uh, Ainsley McLean, who's a pretty good athlete herself. Another uh, from, fan- from yeah. <laughs> fantastic uh, golfer. Yeah, Lori Sieben, uh, I'm talking to the Siebens over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've produced some good golfers and, and athletes over there. Um, I wouldn't say trap game here for the Vikings. I don't even know. Who do they have after the Saints? I don't have the schedule in front of me. Uh, the Bears at home. Trap game for the Vikings in London at 8.30 in the morning central time against the Saints. I don't think anything granted against that defense. That's the thing. It's, right. You just don't want to. Yeah. It, you know, it's tricky. You're on the road. You're you know flying across the Atlantic Ocean. You just don't know. I think ideally, because they have the – they're at Miami ahead of the bye week, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So if, if you can somehow be 4-2 – yeah, you're gladly pretty. take that. Do you guys want the Vikings and three and zero in the division, which which right. also would be if you can beat the Bears. The Giants and the Cowboys played last night, and between Wink and, and and Quinn, they dialed up so much heat. I mean, it was every other play. It it, it heat pressure edge. Of course, with Parsons, you can you can play Micah. You know, set him up anywhere, and he's going to come at you. So much heat. Do you want to see the Vikings dial up heat like that consistently? Or is there? Are you ro- are you rolling I, the dice? I don't know if they have the. Yeah, see, I, I don't know. If, yeah, so do I don't know if they're good enough on the back end to do that. They're rolling the dice. Yeah, they get torched. Yeah, yeah you better hit them if you're going to do it, and that's the thing. It's a high risk, a high reward, but uh, you can also you can certainly get burned, and we've seen that a few times too. I just I don't know the personnel. We thought they got some better players. I think they did, but uh, someone's just not panning out for consistent pressure. Ken Dorsey apologized. I bet that was tough for him to apologize because well, it's a passionate. You know I don't know what? If, should don't he know. apologize? Why does he need to apologize? He's a coach, and they're upset <laughs> they didn't finish. This is part of life. Right? I mean, my goodness! I mean, well, just because he was caught on camera, he has to apologize. He lost his temper. I would. You know, they blew it. I mean, that, I'm with you I mean, d- I've seen high school coaches do worse. Brad has. He sits right next to him in the oh, booth. And, right? and how yeah, many games I, have you done where you're right next to the coordinators, and, 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 and it just gets? Yeah. Problem is, we're seeing it now. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, that's well, I guess because it's it's more readily available to everybody. If I was him, I would have done the exact oh, same thing. I've seen, like I said, I've lived the junior college world for a dozen years. I've seen, yeah, I, some of the stuff you'd see would not be. But he had to toe the company well. line. You know, Absolutely. Because well, like, they said, well, we, we want to show our but players how to react after. It? You know? I mean, yeah, who's I mean it's that? football. It's it's nothing. You want to fold his notebook up and go, well, that was the game. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't Woody Hayes punching a Clemson no. player. I mean, let's, let's, what are we talking about here? Yeah, I need you, to control you lose, my... You're cool. I mean, yes, it's, you're preparing for this all week, and you blow it on a goofy thing at the end. I mean, just... 
If you've ever been in a press box where you hear like the wall being punched. You get the seven-second delay out for sometimes you're sitting next to the coaches. You get a hold down an offensive coordinator or a DC for that matter. That's not happening. I I had my my booth moved at uh, Skip Butte Stadium one time because on the audio stream they were getting the coaches and uh, the the coaches uh, had some language that was not suitable for for the family. This should hit home for Derek, you know, Bemidji State. I remember doing games for the University of Mary and and you are – Separated by just a, at the time, I thought it was a thin piece I've of wood. Seen, I've seen that press right? box, yes. And just the, you're right, you had to kind of, and then if you're dangling a crowd mic mm-hmm. out in front of you, right. it's kind of right in front of them. Right. I don't know how many times I had to ride a, a crowd mic. I'm sure you the same thing. No. But I remember at Bemidji going, oof. We better, uh, I don't know what to do here. Cause <laughs> so did you ever see them right jump next. in the lake when uh, Bemidji I, won? I saw uh, uh, you, Mary, won a game when I was broadcasting the Marauders, um, prevented Bemidji State from jumping oh, in the lake. Oh, wow. On a oh. scoop and score fumble, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And that was the biggest thing. We want to stop them from jumping in the lake. That tradition, Derek, has been around right. for what? I mean, decades. well, see, they went over both my junior and senior year there, so I don't know. Oh, so you did, I didn't get, did, get to see it. Yeah. yeah, it was a little rough goings for the elder. I don't think there is another, at least in the region, tradition like that. Well, there's not many. I know Detroit Lakes girls jump right on the lake, jump yes. after winning a state They've golf, right? Right. They've jumped in the pond. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, there's not many football fields like that either. It's sitting no. on Lake Bemidji beautifully. You're, I mean, it's, right, yeah. right. You're not going to like take an Uber to the Missouri River and then <laughs> get on a kickboard. <laughs> no. And go jump into the Red River. Kind of anticlimactic or... after that, you know, well, time on that. But you see, U.S. US Bank Stadium might be hosting the Bucks yes. and the Chiefs. On Thursday night? Or, uh, no, no, no. Sunday, Sunday night. It's Sunday night Sunday football. Night. Sunday night football. Might have to, yes. I have friends yeah. on that uh, on the Gulf Coast, obviously kind of be... getting ready for anything that might happen there. Yeah. And on top of that, I believe Eastern Washington, correct me if I'm wrong, is in, Ga- is in Gainesville. Yeah, they moved that to Sunday, Sunday, 11 a.m. Sunday morning, yep. That's wow. correct. So getting it all done. Thank you, Dick Brammer. Uh, again, uh, if you're getting an email or a, or a buzz from Brad Anderson, it means that you are part of our winners today of our con- of, of the concert. Going from Eastern Washington to Gainesville. Gainesville. Yeah. Wow. That's a haul. I like that flight. Man. <laughs> That's a long flight. It's like going to London to play the Saints. <laughs> thing. Thank you, Dick Bramer and Jefferson Lyons for Dick's uh, presence on the show today. Good luck to those of you that have emailed in or uh, texted at 35270. In this moment, keep it right here. You know where your concert connection now. I'm going to have to add that to our thing. Tomorrow is Wednesday. Have some uh, college football cuts, some bison cuts, UND. Terry Horan joining us tomorrow on the program. They've got St. John's coming up. Busy one also tomorrow. Stick around. Common Man is coming up next. Volleyball tonight. Lock it in and rip the knob off. Hankinson and Central Cass. Brad's got the call. Common next on 740 Defense.